You can't be in that state and also be having a heart to heart to someone. Hello and welcome to the Feminine as Fuck podcast. I am your host, Monica Yates, the period whisperer, a trauma healer, and an embodiment coach for both men and women. Well, obviously, periods just for women. I am a double Sagittarius, a rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. I know it's a lot, I'm here for it. I help women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy and for men to feel ecstasy and intimacy. In these episodes, I love to talk about things that people are thinking but too afraid to say, as well as educating you on everything that I know in this brain, body, and soul of mine. You can find all the ways to work with me on my website. And with that, let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome to today's episode. This is such a juicy topic, so I'm really excited for you guys to dive in. Uh, My parents are in New York City, which is just crazy. If you haven't seen the fucking tearjerker of a reel on my Instagram, it is there. I kept watching it and just bawling even after they left. I don't think it's going to hit me until a few days in. Maybe I'll do a podcast on it or whatever. I actually did want to do a podcast and get my parents on um, to like I, what did Sarah and I think of like something about them? Like, Oh my God, why do I say like so many times sometimes something like some kind of podcast where they answer your questions? Cause they are the most truthful fucking parents. Seriously. If you said like, is Monica stubborn? My mom would just be like, Oh my God, is this bitch stubborn? Like they are very, very truthful parents. Um, it's funny. They both have Leo in their like top three. So, you know, my dad's a Leo, mom's a Leo rising. Um, anyway, so maybe I'll do a podcast on that. We'll see what, we'll see what I, um, we'll see what happens. Anyway, they're in New York, fucking crazy. Um, yeah, I don't think it will hit me for a while. Like it was one of those situations where it felt like no time had passed, but it was also so heartbreaking that, they have missed two years of my life. And then I kind of realized when they left, I think them being gone and the buildup of them coming, it was actually more painful than as soon as I saw them. Cause it would, it's been like my heart has been broken for two years in a sense. So thinking about them would just be horrible. So here am I thinking I'm going to drop to my knees and have a heart attack. And then the moments before they pulled up, I was like shaking and like, I was like, I'm going to fucking die. Um, but then as soon as I saw them, it's like, it's like when you see like your fucking cellmate, right? Like it's, I, I, sometimes I don't like using that word, but it's like when you see that person that makes you feel like home, that's a good sign. It's like when you see, so when I, when I saw my parents, it was like, all of it went away and I was just like relaxed and it's like my heart just mended itself. So whilst it was an anti-climax at the same time, it was just like coming home. So it just felt so easy and right. And like, that's also how you know you're in a good relationship, right? When, when you see the person, it feels like home. Um, and they take away like every single ounce of like anxiety, fear, like, oh my God, I'm going to die when I see them kind of energy. So anyway, without further ado, let's jump in. So if you haven't watched my IGTV about what is trauma, I would recommend that after this, you go and watch that because it will just be a really good, like grounding, like first step to getting into my world. I feel like trauma has become one of those words that's 
thrown around. Now it is so cold outside that like I've never seen this steam come off the top of this building and it is like creepy now. It's really cold in New York. Anyway, so don't be fooled by the blue sky. These are the coldest days because it's not like, I'm not going to become a bloody ski freak to you guys. Just don't worry. Okay. So when it comes to trauma, what's really important to understand is that whilst every second person is throwing around the world, throwing around the word of healing trauma, I feel like that's become something that's been very popular in the last year, I'm going to say, for people to start using the word trauma, we're healing your trauma. I just want to preface that when I'm talking about healing trauma, I've been doing this well before it became trendy and I'm actually healing trauma. So when when someone is just journaling, when you're just journaling, that's not healing any trauma because trauma lies in your body. Mindset work doesn't heal any trauma, right? The reason why is because whilst you hold memories and they can be traumatic memories, whilst you hold them in your mind, good for mindset work, right? You actually hold the energetic hangover from the trauma in your body. And that's what gets triggered every time. That's what causes you to have like the hot flush or to get really stressed or for your nervous system to go berserk or for you to feel frozen or go into a fight or flight. That's happening from the trauma being triggered in your body. If you've been like triggered by something, if that makes sense, right? So just to preface what I'm talking about trauma, I'm not saying it in a trendy way. I'm actually talking about the scientific like biological side of trauma is what I deal with. And that's what is juicy. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Okay. Now, when it comes to what actually is trauma, trauma is basically an energetic violation and it's caused an energetic hangover. When you have something that's traumatic that happens, you basically have an energetic violation to your body and your body feels violated energetically. And it can also be physically, obviously, but you have this aftermath, this hangover, this like continuous, um, energetic hangover. I'm going to say the word again. You have this energetic hangover that stays in your body and that continuously gets triggered when something triggers the trauma. And what happens is your body reacts as though the traumatic event that first happened is happening again, even when it's not. And this is why people can get very frustrated when them, with themselves when they're like, but I understand what I should be doing, but it's not working. I'm breathing, but I still, I still can't make the feeling go away or I still feel frozen because it's not about breathing. It's not about calming your body down. It's not about understanding it. All of those things are really important. It's actually about your body no longer having that energetic violation, memory, hangover, whatever you want to call it in your body anymore. Hence somatic work, right? Okay. So how trauma shows up in your sex life and everything I'm talking about today, unless I say for women is for men and for women, because believe it or not, men also have trauma and it also shows up in their sex lives. Men's sex lives aren't really talked about in good light. It's always about like them being too sexual, them having porn addictions, them, you know, just always wanking. They always want sex. A lot of men's male sexuality and male um, sensuality and everything and just sex in general for men is talked about in a really shameful way. And that creates trauma. 
that alone creates trauma. So what I want to, what I want you guys to understand today and just going into this is that men do have sexual trauma and it is less, it's not talked about as much because they feel like, and the reason why I know this is because I know men that have this and I have been told this more times than I can count. They, the reason why it's not talked about is because they feel like because they're a man, they're not allowed to talk about it right? Because they're not a woman. So they're not allowed to complain about it. They're not allowed to talk about it. They're not allowed to be traumatized about it because you're a man. You got no idea what it's like to be traumatized. And I just want to like call bullshit to that because they do know what it's like to be traumatized and it does affect them. And honestly, I see it. So I see it sometimes affect them worse than the way that it affects women. Like the exact same thing that could happen to a woman or a man. And I often see that it affects men worse because they feel like they're not allowed to talk about it and they feel like they're not allowed to have any repercussions of it. As in, they're not allowed to then have sexual trauma from it because they're a man, if that makes sense. And they should just be able, you know, they're a man. It's like, you don't really get sexual trauma. You don't understand it. You're, you don't get it as bad as women, if that makes sense. Um, so when it comes to trauma and when it comes to sex, what I want you guys to understand is that when you have trauma stuck in your body, it heavily prevents you from being open and vulnerable and having this feeling of safety in your life. What thus happens is that obviously with sex and with intimacy, which is two separate things, and with relationships, romantic relationships, and also platonic relationships, is it causes you to not feel safe to be open, to be vulnerable energetically, emotionally, mentally, and physically, because your body goes into red alert at any sign of danger. Now, if you are to be vulnerable, right, or if you're to be open with somebody, that means that you have to let down your guard because you can't be like on watch and in like high alert, like danger, danger. You can't be in that state and also be having a heart to heart to someone. It doesn't work. It's, it's opposing energy, if that makes sense. It's, it's like literally opposite. So for a man or a woman, they cannot be open energetically, physically, emotionally, mentally if they have trauma because their trauma is going to keep their brain in a danger, danger alert. What actually happens, I'm like really um, simplifying this for you guys just so, so it makes sense. Basically what happens is when you have a traumatic incident, it actually changes your brain. And essentially you're subconsciously always in a fight or flight response if you don't know. So you'll always kind of be on this red alert and it will inhibit you from being able to relax in your body because you're always in this, I have to protect myself state. When you look at veterans and just anyone that's been in the military and war, um, like if, if you, if you ever date any of them, or if your dad is one of them or your uncle or whatever, or your brother, your friend, if you go out to dinner with them, they will need to sit in a table where they can see the whole restaurant because their brain has been so heavily and their body has been so heavily traumatized that they always need to be on red alert. They always need to know what's going on and how this prevents all of us, right? From, um, having the best sex life is in order for you to have amazing sex. You have to be out of your head in your body. You have to let go. You need to be in flow. You need to feel. You can't feel when you are heavily traumatized. It's not possible, right? So hold on. I want to just check my notes. I'm not going too off topic. Um, 
Right. So when we have trauma, one of the coping mechanisms is that we shut down our ability to have this like self-sensing. We shut we shut down the area of our brain that um, feels a lot of sensation. Now, this is a good thing because it causes us to not feel so much bad sensation, but the problem is that it also causes us to not feel so much good sensation. So when we're having sex, because our brain, this part of our brain has been shut down essentially, it causes us to not feel the heavy amounts of trauma that we have and the heavy amounts of pain, but it also causes us to not feel a heavy amount of pleasure because pain and pleasure are on a spectrum. So in order for you to feel pleasure, you have to have felt through your pain and get rid of it, if that makes sense. If you're if you have shut down your body and numbed out, which is a very common coping mechanism for trauma, is to detach and to numb out. And I will answer your um, questions later, guys. A very common um, response and um, repercussion, let's say, of trauma is for you to be detached and numbed out in sex, but also just in the world, right? You're not that excited about things. You don't get that upset about things. You don't feel a lot, which is why people will often say when they've healed their trauma, it feels like the world has more color to it. And when somebody says that, it's because the part of their brain that shut everything down and numb them out is not in this red alert anymore. So they can feel more and their senses can be more active. That causes you to obviously have more feeling. So sex becomes better, if that makes sense. Right. So, um, so for both men and for women, the detachment response, the avoidance it's very, very common and it affects you in your sex life, but it also affects you in your intimacy with people, platonic and romantic, because you can't feel people as well. You can't feel your emotions as well. And that's why it can be very hard to relate to somebody. If you're in a relationship with someone, it can be very hard to relate to somebody that is uh, traumatized by something or has a lot of trauma because you feel like you just can't get into them and you can't that's the issue. You can't get into them because they're like this. And it's not their, it's, it's not, they're not doing anything wrong, right? They're not trying to do that. It's actually their biology trying to keep them safe. So let me just say a caveat for a second, guys. What I want you to also understand is that if any of you guys are like, fuck, this is me. I just want you to know that your body's not doing anything wrong. This is the right thing to do. This is your body working as it should, because we know how to protect ourselves, Obviously, though, the issue is you don't... Oh, someone's brought me the ball. Obviously, the issue is that you don't want to be protecting yourself all the time and you don't need to because hopefully the trauma is no longer in front of you anymore. And if it is, then you need to remove yourself from it. Okay, but there, your, body's not, your body's not doing anything wrong by doing this, but it, obviously you want to fix it so that... Oh, jelly, you want me to throw the ball. Obviously, you want to fix it so that you're being able to have more pleasure in your life. Okay. Um, so what was I going to say? The next thing I also want to mention is that humans are naturally wired to be a little bit on guard because in the caveman days, if you weren't a little bit on guard, you would not see a predator coming and then you would be killed. Now, if you couple that with a lot of trauma and being too on guard, what happens is you can kind of become very anxious and anal in your relationships and you overthink things and you're very in your head. And we all know that nothing good happens with sex when you're in your head. 
unless you're like, you know, imagining something and you're playing and you're, you know, dirty talking and you're imagining something on like the phone and you, you need to visualize what you're looking at because you're having phone sex. Nothing good happens from being in your head when you're having sex because the sensations from sex happen in your body. So when you have the, like humans are on guard full stop, which is why if you're having sex with your boyfriend or your girlfriend, but you have this, you know, concern that they've cheated on you, you're not going to be able to focus because we are naturally on guard, right? And we are naturally wired to be looking out for danger. That doesn't mean that you're a control freak or that you're psycho. It means that you're human. Problem is, couple that with unhealed trauma, and you kind of have a recipe for disaster, if that makes sense, right? Um, So in order for us to be nurturing, in order for us to have sex and all that kind of stuff, our brain needs to turn off our defense mechanism, and your brain can't turn off its defense mechanism, and it cannot relax, and it cannot have enjoyment when you've had this trauma, because what happens is your brain is forced into like red alert all the time. Your brain literally changes after a traumatic incident and it is a lot harder for you to be relaxed when you still have, it's impossible basically for you to be relaxed when you have this constant fight or flight response going off in your body. And what I want to preface is that this fight or flight response, you often won't be aware of. It's subconscious. So unless you're heavily intuitive, you won't be able to feel it. I can feel it now. Like I'm really tired today and I'm 300% sure that it's because subconsciously I know my parents are coming and it's this like exhaustion of like this buildup, right? But I'm so intuitive and I'm so hyper aware of my body that sometimes I hate it. (laughs) Um, But for most people, they are not going to feel when they're subconsciously in a fight or flight, right? Now, if you obviously don't know that that you're subconsciously in a fight or flight, really common thing is I have no trauma. I'm not stressed, I'm not stressed. No, I'm like in a fight or flight. I'm like, but every single sign of you is telling me that you're is, that you are. And then we go into it and I'm like, oh, you fucking are, right? So when a lot of people say to me, I'm not stressed, I don't believe them because most of the time, the stress that you actually need to be the most aware of, as in to fix, is the subconscious stress that you aren't aware of and that you can't see right? The people that see your subcon- that, that see your shadows, the subconscious things are people that are outside of yourself. The, thing, the reason why it's in your subconscious is because it doesn't want to be seen, right? So I can see your subconscious things because I am like solving you like a jigsaw puzzle in a good way, like a human way, not like you're a number to me. Um, but you're not going to want to see your own subconscious things because we don't want to see our ugly sides, unless you've done enough work where you're like, I fucking love my ugly side. Like I like to see my ugly side now, but a lot of, that's that's saying me a very, very, very long time. We don't want to see our ugly sides. We don't want to see the sides of ourselves. Can you stop biting that please? Jelly. We don't want to see the sides of ourselves that need fixing or that are ugly, especially in like the social media age where everyone wants to be perfect and everyone and in that perfectionist like hunt we know how imperfect we are and we don't want to face that. It's like our imperfections have become bigger and uglier since social media. And so a lot of people, they don't want to know their shit because that seems too big, too ugly, too imperfect. But that's the thing that will free you the most, right? Because it's only ugly because it's not healed. But then as soon as it's gone and it no longer runs the show, it's literally no longer a part of you. Like if someone said to me, 
what's a personality trait that's like a downfall for you or whatever. You know what I mean? The only thing that I can think of these days, like honestly, is that I'm really fucking impatient. But sometimes I don't even see that as a downfall. Like in some situations, it's a downfall and that I'm fucking antsy and impatient. And then in other situations, like it makes me me, right? Because I get shit done. So um, if you're afraid of seeing your ugly shit and then seeing your trauma, the, like generally speaking, one of the most common reasons why we're afraid of seeing our ugly shit is because your ego is striving for perfectionism, but that's the exact same reason why you're not happy. That was a fucking nugget. Can someone write that down and send that to me? I don't know what I just said, but it was so good. I can't, I'll have to rewind it. What, what, what time are we at? 5.04 PM. I started at like 4.45, so like 25 minutes, 20 minutes in. Okay. Um, that was so fucking juicy. Just going to pause that one for a second. Have a glass of water. <laughs> okay. If you don't already know this for any women listening to this episode, Queen Alchemy is open for enrollment for the first round of 2022. I'm so excited. The formatting is a little bit different for this round of Queen Alchemy. So I'm going to do like a mini podcast episode explaining the formatting so that you can listen to it. So I won't bore you now. So you can jump to the next episode and check that out if you would like to. Um, but yeah, if you don't know what Queen Alchemy is, Queen Alchemy is like my signature trauma program. It is so fucking deep. It is so juicy. It literally will rip you open and then put you back together in the way that you kind of want to be put back together, if that makes sense. So I'm all about getting to the root cause of what is stopping you from being your confident, sexiest, most abundant self, like anything that's blocking you that makes it feel hard to be like the woman that lights up the room basically is often like a trauma thing. So We're going to dig deep, fix your trauma, and then go up from there. It's seven weeks. It's a combination of live and pre-recorded. It is so much healing work and the results just speak for themselves. So if you haven't checked out the website page, go read all the testimonials, go check out the screenshots down the bottom of the page. And honestly, they speak for themselves. I bet you there are so many of you listening to my podcast that have thought about joining Queen Alchemy a million and one times. And can I just say 2022 was our fucking year. So if you want to start this year on the right foot, because this year feels different. This year feels this year feels like a firecracker. I mean, it is the year of the tiger. So that kind of says it all, right? So if this is your year, Queen Alchemy is the best way to kick it off. And also there are still tickets available for the New York City immersion, the three-day immersion. So if you want to come to that as well, or instead, whatever, details on the website. If you don't know what's the best option for you, just send me an email being like, hey, Monica, this is my situation. What's best? Like immersion or Queen Alchemy or whatever you want to ask. And I will let you know my honest opinion and kind of like what program is going to do what for you. Okay, so next thing is traumatized shit with sex. So the next thing that I also want to mention is that when you have a lot of trauma, you're often hyper aware of things and you like overthink things. And okay, let me quickly preface as well. It's a scale of trauma. So you, you know, you might think I have no trauma. I'm like, bitch, you have trauma, right? Like if just because you didn't see someone get murdered does not mean that you have trauma. We all have trauma, all of us. Okay. I grew up in an idyllic childhood. My parents are still together. I went to a good school. I thought I had no trauma. Oh fuck. Did I have trauma? Right. I just suppressed a lot of it and I wasn't aware of it because I idolized a lot of it. Right. So everybody has trauma. Now your trauma, whatever level of trauma that is, it causes you to be hyper aware of things. 
right? It causes you to be hyper aware of things. And if you're hyper aware of things, it also stops you from being able to be in your body and relax. You start nitpicking, you nitpicking, you know, um, is my partner getting enough pleasure? Am I doing this right? Do I look good? Am I blah, blah, blah. Like you just start to nitpick and what cause, what actually happens is it dries you up. It gives you a softy, whatever sex you are. Right. And it causes the opposite thing to happen. You're, you're so focused on, I want to be good in bed that it causes you to actually be bad in bed. Right. That's how people often say when they have like one night stands or when they're drunk, they were like their most sexual selves and they had the best sex ever. It's because they let themselves go but you can't let yourself go if your brain has been wired, thanks to your past, to be overly worried about everything. It's not possible. Okay. So we need to fix the hyper awareness of everything. Um, okay. The next thing that I want to mention and probably the one of the last things, and then I'll answer your questions, is in order for someone to have a deep level of connection and intimacy with someone, whether it's an intimate conversation, whether it's being vulnerable, whether it's sleeping with someone that you, and you're sober, whatever the situation is, it requires you as a person to experience a mobilization without fear. And what that means is basically completely letting go, being immobile without fear, right? So for example, like the thought of, if you're a woman listening to this, the thought of you being, let's say choked, right? And like you being very submissive, you might be like, fuck no, absolutely not. That's like, that's, you might label it as something, right? That's like abusive or you might label it. That label is not the truth of the situation, that label that you've put it is I can't be in that situation without my whole body going into fear, which tells me you can't let go because of your trauma combination with need a lot of work on like being embodied in your boundaries. Because if you're embodied in your boundaries, you can completely let go knowing you can also say no at the same time. Right. So I would have, if someone told me like six years ago, like, you know, do you want to get choked? I would be like, absolutely fucking not you psychopath. Now I'm like begging to be choked. (laughs) Very different. Right. And the begging to be choked is an all slapped or in this semester situation, it's from an empowered place. And it's because I do not have fear when I'm immobilized. I have pleasure because I'm so deeply in my feminine and somebody else is running the show and controlling. Feminine does not want to be in control. We want to be submissive, right? We want to be empoweredly submissive. Don't take that fucking phrase from me. I made that up. Empoweredly submissive, right? I need to fucking trademark that. Okay. Last thing I'm going to mention is um, that a lot of people that have trauma, if not everybody that has trauma, will not respond well to, to, to traditional talk therapy. And the reason why we don't respond well to traditional talk therapy is because when you're trying to connect back to a major trauma, often you don't remember all of it. So you can't explain it. It's like you have maybe like chunks of memories or like sensations, but you can't explain it. And talk therapy is explain it. Let's talk through it. But you're like, bitch, I can't fucking talk through it. I don't even know what fully happened. Like I can't describe the sensations that I had. 
I can't, often people just break down and they can't even talk through it. And this is a really, really, really important thing that I want you guys to understand because you do not need to be able to talk through your trauma in order to heal it. If you heal your trauma, you then can often talk through it because you understand what happened and you often actually then remember it. But in order for you to heal your trauma somatically, you don't need to be able to remember it. You don't need to be able to talk. You don't need to be able to tell me the situation. You don't need to be able to talk through it right? All I need is for you to be sitting there, right? And just tell me what's happening as I guide you through my modalities. That's it. Okay. Um, so I think that's the last thing. Yeah. Basically when you have a traumatic situation, your memory is fragmented because what happens in a traumatic scenario when there's all of this adrenaline pumping through your body, um, is that the part of your brain that is responsible for your memory actually shuts off for two reasons. One, when you're in that fight or flight response, your memory is not vital to your survival. Your heartbeat is, your lungs are, your liver is, like your extremities are, right? So your arms and legs are needed for your survival and your brain is, but your memory is not. So when you're in a fight or flight response, blood gets diverted to parts of your body that are needed and away from parts of your body that are not needed. So when you have a traumatic situation, that's why you'll often lose your period or your period might be late as a woman, obviously, because um, the like you don't need to make a baby right now, right? So the blood is going to be diverted away. Like we become very resourceful. We reserve our resources. And one of the parts of our body that isn't needed when we're being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger, which is what our brain thinks is happening even when like that's not obviously happening in today's modern world, is our the blood isn't going to our memory. So we don't remember things. And also we, we know that we don't want to remember things. Why would you want to remember be, the pain of being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger? We're wired to not remember those things also because otherwise what would happen is we would never go out and hunt again or we would never go out and gather our berries again, right, for our children or for our community in the caveman days because we'd be so scared of being attacked by a saber-toothed tiger again, right, or having to run for our lives. So it's very purposely done. But what it also means is that if you're going to a therapy that requires you to remember every fucking detail, which is unfortunately a lot of therapies, it's not going to work, right? You want to be going to somatic work because your body remembers even when your mind can't explain it. Just really quickly before I jump into questions also, ladies and gentlemen, if any men are listening to this, because obviously this is like I said in the title, it's for both men and women. Um, if you haven't left a review on the podcast, I'd be really grateful if you could write a few words. It will take two fucking seconds. You can do it as you're listening to this. You can do it taking a shit. It goes a really long way. It's a value of exchange. So many of you have, have already done it, which I'm really grateful for, for. But if you haven't already done it, please, 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 can you just take 30 seconds out of your day to write a review on iTunes because this takes me an hour to edit. So 30 seconds of your time would be amazing. Okay. Okay. I'm going to wrap that up. Let me answer these questions for you guys. Hold on a sec. I'm just going to pull this closer. Oh, hold on. Okay. I'm just going to pull this closer. All right. So I can answer these. Okay. So I'm just going to scroll all the way up and then I'm going to go through. And if I get to the end and I haven't answered your question, then you can let me know. Okay. All right. First question is... Let me just make sure this is still recording. Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. First question is, sorry, I'm just scrolling through. Everyone got to take a breather. Uh, again, this will be saved. This will be saved on the podcast as well. I'll post it in a few days or whatever. 
Um, still scrolling. Sorry. There's a lot of people in this live. Yay. Okay. People are just also being like, it explains. It makes sense. Um, okay. Oh, Audrey, can you send me that? <laughs> Thank you. I'm glad you're all loving this. Uh, only run two rounds of Queen Alchemy a year from now on. So join this round. Um, Queen Alchemy is where you'll fix all of this stuff plus a fuckload more. So join this round or the next round, whether it's like food issues, whether it's sex stuff, whether it's just general trauma, whether it's boundaries, whether it's confidence, people pleasing, like whatever the situation is, basically Queen Alchemy fixes it. Um, okay. Whatever. Uh, not whatever, but keep going. Okay. Is EMDR considered somatic healing? I don't classify EMDR as somatic healing, uh, as somatic therapy, but, um, I will say that I've, I have heard of some people getting, um, like good results from that. If you go back to thinking about and being in the memory of your traumatic event and you have no visceral reaction, you're fine. If you were to really put yourself back there, like really get into your senses and it makes you upset again, then it hasn't been fixed. Um, I can't seem to fill in the form. Oh, that's so weird, Monica. Let me text Sarah. Yeah, it's still open. Don't worry. Today's only the first day of enrollment. So I'll text Sarah. Sorry about that. Um, how to support a partner to get into understanding trauma and to open them up to something they have. Thanks, Monica. Get them onto the podcast. Honestly, you can't like get someone into this work. You can't like, you have to just be the leader in it. You have to just do your work, which obviously Emma, you have, you need to like join the programs, make the conversation, listen to the podcast, read the books and like have them around the house because that's, what's going to open your partner up and they're going to come to it on your own journey. You don't want to push anyone into anything. Um, Dakota, I do one-on-one coaching. Yes. They're not one-off sessions. You need to join a container because I care about like the long-term success, but you can be a one-on-one client for August. First half of the year is filled. Just send me a message and then I'll voice message you. Okay. One of the questions, how can I deal with my partner's coldness regarding our sex life? You'd have to probably open up to him and tell him how you feel, how it seems to be coming across. Swap the word feel for seems. Sometimes with men, it works better because um, men are factual. So when they're like, we, uh, men are like, we don't trust feelings, we trust facts. So if you're like, it seems like you don't care about this, they'd be like, no, I do care, blah, blah. But if you're like, it feels like I doesn't care, I don't care. They're like, no, of course I, like, that's silly. I, why do you feel that way? Of course I care. And it doesn't like, they just blow, they blow it off because they're like, that's not a fact, if that makes sense. Um, so I don't, it's, that's a really hard question, unfortunately, to answer without like knowing more context. But I'm assuming you're meaning that like, you're not happy in your sex life and he doesn't give a fuck. And I would be sharing with him why it matters to you. And if there's anything that is going on in his life that's making him not interested in sex and there's no shame if that's the case because like it's really funny the conversation is more with women about sex than men and I should do a whole bloody episode on this shouldn't I can someone remind me can someone dm me saying Monica you need to do an episode about um men and how we don't talk about sex enough with them we don't talk about men's sexual issues enough we talk about women's sexual issues can someone dm me that thank you um but we often talk about how Things can inhibit women's libido. Things can inhibit women's ability to open up. Things can inhibit women from being open to sex. Things actually inhibit men more. Yeah. 
because men are the givers. So if he's really, really stressed at work and then he comes home and he has to give to you, he's like, I have no resources left. So he's not going to give. Whereas on the other hand, for us feminine beings, after a big day at work, I'm like, fuck me now. I'm like, I want to be fucked because I'm just going to lie there because that's what I want. I just surrender, lie, fuck me, right? Give me energy. I will receive, you give. But if they've been giving all day and they're really burnt out from work or they're really stressed or they're really in their head, they're like, I can't, I can't give to you right now. And because men are so committal, they're not going to go in with a half-ass effort. They're not going to be like, oh, I'll just do a half-ass job. They're like, I can't commit to giving you amazing sex. So I'm not going to give it to you. Does that make sense? And they do it actually from a place of love for you. But because women are so uncommittal in nature, we're like, but just give us a half-ass job. And they're like, no. So, okay. That's, that's another episode slash, um, IG live. Okay. Um, Tegan, I don't have as much feeling in my vagina as I did when I was younger. I was on my pill for 10 years. Is this an example of trauma? Definitely. Tegan, go back and keep doing the cervical dearmoring um, from Queen Alchemy. But if you don't have a lot of sensation in your vagina, it can be from the pill. It's actually been scientifically proven to be linked to that um, of desensitizing your vagina. But also... Um, if you've had any kind of disassociation from your vagina, which can be a result of trauma around your period, of being traumatized from your period, your brain has wired itself and your nervous system has wired itself to be like, I don't want to feel this. So it requires you to one, heal that, but then two, also create a new connection, like as in a new neurological connection where you're like, I want to feel this. And Often in order to feel that pleasure, you kind of have to move through that pain first, but it's there. If you want to book in for a top up, Tegan, if this is like a new thing that's occurred for you, then can you send me a DM? Cause I think we're already full for top ups until May. So I just want to make sure I can get you in. Um, Andy, what's your perspective on going back to a memory and feeling nothing and dissociation with an old memory? Yeah, they're two different things. So feeling nothing is being, your senses are turned on. You're aware of what's happening. You're feeling right? And you're like, I don't feel any emotional response. Disassociation is a feeling numbed out, which means that you can't feel your senses at all in this situation. The disassociation is you're still traumatized by it. But if you were in a memory and you could feel things in the memory, but you don't have an emotional reaction to the trauma, that's two different things. Um, I didn't know that trauma can stop periods. Oh yeah. You should listen to my episodes about periods. Trauma fucks your period. Hence I'm the period whisperer. Trauma can cause endometriosis. Trauma can cause PCOS. There's an episode titled, hold on, Sarah sent it to me today. I did an episode about how your period affects you physically, how, sorry, how trauma affects you physically. And, um, that would be worth a listen to. Hold on a second. I'm going to find the number for you guys if you haven't listened to it because I talk about how it affects your period as well as everything else in there. That's a good one for men to listen to as well. How do you feel about couples therapy if one partner did most of their work but the other is still stuck? Do you think talking about it with a third party is helpful? No, because often it still elicits a shame thing, right? Because especially if it's the man that's feeling stuck, it elicits the response for him of I'm not being enough of a man, and I am broken. And that, if you understand emasculation, which I know you do, Bianca, that causes more of a shame spiral, which doesn't empower him to do the work on himself. What is better for men is to do the work without 
their partner so they can like let themselves crumble, right? Hence, I've got a program just for men. Oops. Sorry. Oh, am I back? Sorry. It said, it said, um, low battery. Hence, I got a program just for men because, um, if they're doing it in their own space without their partner, they are not going to be feeling this emasculation of I'm not enough of a man for her. It feels more like empowerment of I'm becoming the best man for her, if that makes sense. So yeah, I only say couples therapy is good if there's like a miscommunication happening, if that makes sense. Um, but this sounds like he needs to do a lot of work on himself and I just don't think that's the best environment for it, to be honest. I don't think that's the best environment for anyone to do a lot of work on themselves because like you off, like if you wanted to admit your deepest, darkest secrets and trauma to your partner, you already would have. Does that make sense? So I do think it's better to like do it alone, then come together. Um, whenever I have a couple that wants to like do one-on-one coaching as a couple with me, I'm generally like, Firstly, you both need to do separate and then we can come together to fix communication issues. Um, And it's generally me being like a mediator in a sense or me taking them through like couples exercises to like help reprogram shit. But um, yeah, that's the answer to that. Okay, so the question that – hold on a second. The episode that you guys should listen to about how trauma manifests in our bodies, so how it affects our period, how it affects – everything and this goes for men as well like obviously ignore the period bit but the rest of the podcast episode is great is episode 141 okay all right last few questions what month is round two running how much of an overlap is there with new york event and queen alchemy good question ebony the next round is running i'm gonna say like around august time and there isn't that much overlap because the modalities are different the container is so different like Obviously, you learn a lot in Queen Alchemy as well. And it's a lot of like content that you get to absorb, which isn't the same as the New York event because the New York event is just like three days of basically straight healing. And it's different because like the in-person stuff is like wildly more intense than just online stuff, if that makes sense. So I always recommend people to come to both. If they're like, which one do I do? Or like, should I do both? I'm like, do both because they like... They, um, what's the word? Not, not like support. They supplement, supplement, they complement each other really well. Um, they're not the same. And there will be like a few things that you might be like, oh, this is kind of an overlap. But the beauty, the beautiful thing about my modalities is, um, the ones that are done in Queen Alchemy and in the New York event, new things will come up. Like one of the girls that came to Tulum, she's been a one-on-one client for two years, done Baba, done Queen Alchemy, and then came to Tulum and is coming to New York. And she got so much out of Tulum that she hadn't gotten out of other things because there's like always deeper layers, if that makes sense. So hopefully that helps. Okay. Um, you guys are welcome. Oh, it was episode 141. Your perspective on premature ejaculation, especially when the female has opposite problems. He needs to learn how to control his energy. It's a nervous system regulation thing. Yeah. Um, Okay, beautiful. Amazing. Okay, I'm going to leave it there for everybody. Oh, look, guys. Is this mummy? Please throw the ball. So cute. Um, okay. I'm going to leave it there, everybody. So Queen Alchemy is open for enrollment. If you have any questions, let me know. This is like my signature, um, trauma healing program. So no matter what trauma you have, this is going to fix it. 
whether it's like trauma around your relationship with food, whether it's like parental trauma, whether it's past relationship stuff, whether it's sexual, whether it's physical trauma, whether it's any kind of abuse, emotional neglect, whatever it is, Queen Alchemy will fix it. Please make sure that you, so the process basically is that you need to fill out the form and that just tells me your case so I can make sure that Queen Alchemy is the right thing for you. And I can also make sure that um, if you need an extra, if you need a one-on-one, that that gets booked in because I'm very like, I care a lot about everyone doing it. So I don't want people to be doing it if they needed a one-on-one to get the results and then them like doing a half-assed job. So that form needs to be filled out. Once that form is filled out, then um, basically you'll be sent payment link. And, um, I might ask you any other questions if I need to just like ask you a few things just to clarify anything, then I'll send you the payment link. Then you will join, you'll get access to the Kajabi portal. You can start doing the pre-recorded stuff. And then we start all of the live calls. There's so many live calls. Now we start all the live calls, um, end of Feb, beginning of March or something. So yeah, there are limited spaces. So if you're planning on waiting till like the last minute, the spaces might be gone. So then you can't join. Um, so yeah, if you have any questions, let me know, but this definitely is the fucking program. And it's not just like a pleasure program or like how to feel sexy. It's like, let's do the deep shit. And for any men listening, just so you know, um, the man is my men's program. Now we have started it already for this year and I don't know how I'm going to, how I'm going to like relaunch it next time or how it's going to run. But if you're a man listening to this and you're like, I fucking need to do some work on myself, just send me a message, send me a DM and I will like tell you how things are working at this point in time. As in when I say this point in time, it's like the point in time in which you are listening to this episode. Cause right now is January 11th, but you might listen to it in like July of this year. So if you need the man, just send me a message and then I'll tell you how that's kind of running at the moment, if that makes sense. Anyway, have an amazing day, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving your written reviews. I really appreciate it. If you're not already following me on Instagram, my handle is Monica Yates health because there is so much juicy information and other stuff there. And the vibes are just a vibe. And don't forget that I also have my, my, um, feminist work bundle. I've got my boundaries masterclasses. I've got my behind the scenes bubble, lots of other little low cost offerings to get you started if you need to. Bye.